no matter what, the other person's your client. Even if that person is selling you something, they're your client. So what right. information do you need to give them to ensure that they succeed? Because in the end, they're selling you something right. to help you succeed. Right. So your job should be to help them succeed. Yeah. So start with that kind of premise and that mindset. Hmm. In today's episode, I speak with Michael Pereira, a longtime friend and super experienced med tech executive on the importance of integrating external partners into the innovation mix, the role of trust both within an organization and with external partners and working both sides of the innovation table. Welcome to Beyond Innovation, a series that breaks down the mystique, explores what works, what doesn't, and what innovation really means with experts who live it every day. All right. Welcome everybody. I'm really excited for our next guest. Uh, his name is Michael Pereira. Michael and I have known each other for longer than we care to admit, probably 25 years at this point. That's right. Uh, we worked together in a, in, a, in a prior company. We've stayed in touch over the years. Uh, super excited to have you on. Thank you. So Michael is the former COO of Beta Bionics and the president and COO of Zymedica. Zymedica here in Rhode Island um, has been through quite an extraordinary growth. We shared an experience there that was wild. <laughs> <laughs> when you're growing something from like 12, 13, 14 people, and it ends up 10x that. Uh, Hundreds you know, like, of people. Yeah, it, <laughs> exactly. was, it, was, it, it was wild. So yeah. um, thanks for coming. Absolutely. Um, super excited. Thank to you very you. much for having me. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're going to dig right in. Um, before we get started, give us a little sense of your background, kind of elaborate on, on, on the path that you've taken from, from uh, even before we got to know each other. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so uh, as you said, well, I graduated as an engineer, you know, WPI, Northeastern University, uh, went uh, out of school, started working for Honeywell Safety Products, which is what now is called Honeywell Safety Products. It was Back North then, Safety. It was, it was, yeah, it was yeah. North Safety at that time. Uh, and then I became eventually decided that the programs that we were working on needed more innovation, et cetera, and made the decision as a young, you know, 23, 24 year old, um, that we needed to go on the outside and to do some of the work. Uh, and anyway, long story, making it longer, uh, um, ended up hiring what was then item new product development, which then evolved into Zymedica. Uh, and then a few years later, uh, after we finished or basically finished the program, decided to leave um, uh, North Safety Products and ended up at, at Item, which eventually became Zymedica. And I remember when you walked in the yeah, door because uh, it was like, wait, you were on client? the other side of the table yeah. and now you're on our side of the table. This exactly. is weird. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So uh, it, it, was, it was a great experience, you know, learning what was at um, an organization uh, at North Safety Products that had was a vertically integrated uh, facility, right? Machine shop machinists to the nth degree, um, uh, manufacturing from molding on in-house molding through automated systems, yeah, through every, everything. It was, it was completely vertically integrated. So many different things. It was the best thing coming out of school to learn how to manufacture and develop and how to actually make it together. Cause mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you would have the, the machinist really look, you really engineered this, like this is, this is not buildable. Right. So, um, so that was like, it paid its dividends in space. That was the foundation that really led to me to become a, a better engineer. Then eventually a better 
understanding of what people need, right, right. in order to develop uh, innovation. And then Item and, and Zymedica, that was where I learned, you know, the innovation process, how to develop products from end to end um, in a variety of different industries, uh, 300 plus, I, I mean, I went back and looked at the number of projects that I was oh, involved God. in, either leading or technically leading or managing. It was over 300. I'm like, I cannot believe that that many or that much experience was all in one place. So great place there. So I was head of engineering there, helped build a program management group, um, head of operations, then president and COO of the organization um, at Zymedica. Took it through... Uh, when uh, uh, the two owners and founders uh, sold it to a private equity firm, uh, took it through that, you know, sat on the executive team, grew the organization another uh, X percent, uh, understood what they were looking for and how they were looking for transitioning out uh, eventually. Um, and and then took it through again through the last one, which was to sold to Summit Partners, which um, established Veronex uh, organization uh, with a variety of other companies that they are all rolled up into uh, into one big organization. Uh, yeah, there's not many people I know who have been through the growth of an organization from when it was very small. I mean, I was employee number 10, you were employee number 13. Yeah. Then we took that to a stage I, I left. You yeah. then saw it through two acquisitions. I mean, who yeah. sticks through, around through two acquisitions yeah. at yeah. an executive level? That, yeah. That's, that's a pretty unusual experience to go through. Yeah. And, 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 um, I didn't, I was long gone, yeah. but, um, <laughs> well, the exciting part is when there was always something to build, yeah. right. Uh, so when we first started at, uh, Zymatica item, we were building an organization right. and then 13 became 25 people and became 50 people and became a hundred people. And then, uh, help grow the, to 200 plus folks, like 220 right. folks uh, or so. And that's the excitement part, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. you're building something new, evolving the organization, doing something that's never been done before. So it became like a different organization ever. When it became Veronex, it was taking it to the next generation. Right. Um, but but that offered the opportunity and say, look, do I really want to take it to the next big you know, corporate uh, organizational level or do I want to... Um, try something different. That's where, you know, Beta Bionics just came on by and it was a great organization. It was something that uh, a startup in the in diabetes pump algorithm, you know, area where um, they were developing a great product. They had great funding and, um, and the organization was being built and they needed somebody who had all of the experience that I had learned right. and help guide that organization uh, uh, to what it could become. Right. And right. And that was that was really exciting to have that kind of like um, vision and control and ability to, to grow an organization. And it puts you in this really unique position, which is why we're talking about this topic yeah. today, which is yeah. you're one of the few people that I know who went from an external um, cl a client buying external innovation yeah. to somebody who then is inside of an organization selling innovation to other companies. That's right. Back to a company buying external innovation yeah. all over the course of a single career, all over the course of basically three companies. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. so that, so what we're going to dig into today is, is that relationship, that relationship of the internal um, expert, which is, organizations of all shapes and sizes from all different industries all have internal expertise absolutely 
looking for support from the outside to generate new, more interesting, new channels, new ideas, grow the core business, grow extensions. And that relationship between them and how it's challenging and it's complicated. And I think you have a, you have a perspective that is very unique um, 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 in this. So why don't we just start with that? Like give us your sort of vision for how companies can lever better leverage external partners and what your experience sure. has been through that. Sure. Well, on the, you know, when I was at the Zymedica side of things, it was pretty clear, like, well, we have all this expertise, you know, like you could just drop in and instead of spending six months hiring the right people or, and now it's even harder than that with, uh, um, super hard professionals, especially professionals who have experience. I mean, they're, um, even if you get them, keeping them is, is very difficult. Um, so it made sense that we were selling, um, you know, expertise and the, and success and, uh, what I like to call like predictability, right? Mm. Uh, because when you put a team together, you don't know if that team's going to succeed. Right. But if you, you buy a ready-made team that has a history of success, then logically it should yeah. raise the, the the opportunity to succeed. And the key right? and the key there is it has to have a track record. That's correct. Right. That's correct. It can't record. be just like something from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I went to um, my last company, Beta Bionics, um, they had adopted, we're going to do everything internally. Right. And I came in and I asked the question and said, okay, why? Look, why do we want to do this this internally? Is this core to our success or not? And if we hire here, like how, what's the two-year vision of what this is going to become? And can we really do this? Do we really want to spend that much money on this area that's not? core to us right and once we started asking those questions and said okay well there's a limited funds no matter what there's always a limited amount of funds right right so what is let's prioritize okay what's the most important thing that this company does and should have no matter what right we started with that and worked our way down and so we went through that exercise of strategizing what we should do and not do Interesting. and then i just drew a line and said okay okay these are the four things that we really need to be doing and below here, we've you've said not me. I haven't told you. Right. This is stuff that is less important. Right. All right. And we're only going to do this like three or four months out of the year that we really need it when we really looked at the three year vision. So should we go outside or inside? Mm-hmm. Um, and once that that illumination occurred, then people then people were on board and like, oh yeah, we should absolutely. But. Who does this? Right. And that's the other benefit of coming from Zymedica is having worked, understanding all the competitors, all the different companies that we've worked with, all the different suppliers that we worked with, all the partners that we worked with. All of a sudden, I had a Rolodex of, I just call up a person right. and say, oh, hey, Mike, how are you doing? Right. Um, and instant credibility. Because sometimes some of the startups are hard to get attention of people right. because they don't know who you are. Right. Right. But- Getting somebody who has credibility to that make that connection, the connector is very important. Right? Yeah, it's funny, the way you're describing this, which I have not been through this process. Right, yeah. I run a service provider company yeah. and I run a brand, so yeah. I have two companies running concurrently. The yeah. brand is buying services, yeah. but we've never done what you just described, which is go through a methodical process to define yeah. what should we keep, right? What should we export, mm-hmm. and and um, that process would be enlightening for a lot of, I mean, even as a service provider, like we shouldn't do everything, right? So we, we export certain things that we shouldn't do mm-hmm. things like, uh, 
social media management, right? Like <laughs> absolutely, this podcast right. is managed by an expert who doesn't work in our company. And that's wise because <laughs> we don't know how to do this. That's right? right. So we bring in an expert. That's right. But that process, that methodical process is an interesting thing that I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about before. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people don't think about it also too, because most people start with, um, aligning, I want to succeed. Right? right. And then if I'm going to succeed, I need people that I can trust to succeed. Right. So trust is right. a key word out of that. And if I trust the person to succeed, they should be aligned with the success because right. if their goals are aligned with a different um, set of goals, then how can I really trust them that they're going to help me succeed, right? right? And, and, I, and I think that's where people end up um, deciding not evaluating what they should be doing, but evaluating like, who do I trust? Right. Um, and if I'm going to start trusting by hiring people, uh, which is what beta started doing more and more, then um, I need to do everything. Right. And, and so they start hiring that. And then there's other groups that say, you know what? <laughs> I just don't have the money to hire, you know, all these folks. I just need to get things out quick. Uh, but what they want to do um, is get a guaranteed like fixed cost, right? right. Like out of like uh, organizations if they're going to go out. But in the end, that's where problems have because they didn't hire the right trusted person that represents and is aligned with their goals to manage an outside service firm like yours now right. or even like Zymedica. There was yeah. so many different companies where I came in, I asked what you guys do, and then you are the experts. I hired you to be the experts. Right. Well, you and I were talking a little bit before we started this yeah. conversation. Like they're experts. You guys are experts to a certain level, right? But the company's success and how to manage those experts. It's got to be within the company that's doing the hiring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, there's an interesting relationship that when it goes well, both parties understand their expertise and both parties contribute to the whole. And there's a there's a exponential growth to the solution that gets created as a result. Absolutely. And when that doesn't happen, right. the fractured nature of that dialogue is really challenging for both parties. Absolutely. Both parties get frustrated. The, Absolutely. Per, the service provider is frustrated. The person who's buying that service is, is, is frustrated. frustrated also too. So how, how have you found what, what, what tools have you used then to ensure that, that um, both parties understand where they belong and mm -hmm. how they can navigate this relationship to, to, to maximize the value? Um, in the various different roles, I start with the first basic premise, which anybody that reports to me or when has worked uh, for me or with me, I said, okay, no matter what, the other person's your client, whether it's the person's internal to your organization or right. the other. So if you imagine that you're not trying to buy services, you, that other person, even if the um, even if that person is selling you something, they're your client. So what right. information do you need to give them to ensure that they succeed? Because in the end, they're selling you something right. to help you succeed. Right. So your job should be to help them succeed. Yeah. So start with that kind of premise and that mindset. Hmm. Uh, and I think that makes it so much easier yeah. uh, in order to move forward. Um, and that leads to, okay, what information do we need to really put together to give to the other person? What does that person really need uh, in order to succeed? And a lot of people ask like 
open-ended questions, like when they go try to hire like folks or on both sides. Like, and I've experienced that beta bionics when somebody was hiring one of the people that I had recommended. And I said, why did you give them that information? Why don't you just tell them what you really wanted? <laughs> uh, and I'm like, cause you just cost, you just made the proposal cost double what it was. Well, I don't know, but I don't want, I'm not the expert. They're the expert. We want to see what they can do. I'm like, right. no, you already know what you want right. or what you need. The, if, if you already know what you want, then, then be then very, ask for exp- yeah, ask yeah. for it, ask yeah. for it and be, this is what we've done. And this is what, and let them challenge you. Right. Don't decide before they decide to challenge you, mm-hmm. whether or not your what you're providing is, is correct. Yeah. And be very clear that, look, I have this much money to get this done. So how do we get there? Right. And then treat them as a partner versus like them as the expert that I'm just going to give them a bit, bit of information and then they're going to come back in and, um, and, and get it all done for, for that amount of time. It's funny that you like hearing you say this and we, we had a conversation before we started, but it didn't get into this level of detail, but yeah. hearing you say this is I'm hearing my own conversations with customers where I'm asking them how much, how much can you spend? And the response is oftentimes, well, how much does it cost? Right. Well, because they're afraid. That's the afraid. That's the trust, trust piece. That's correct. And I think that's a challenge for both parties, right? Because mm-hmm. look, everybody's in this to try to make money, right? Yeah. The, the goal here is to, to, is to generate And everybody revenue. should make money. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if one party says, I know I can spend $500,000 to do this, and the other party's expectation is that you're going to spend $2 million to do this, you have a problem. Huge. And... That trust starts with, I'm going to give you the best thing I can for your budget. That's right. And, uh, you know, that, that hearing you sort of articulate that as I think about our customers, it, it doesn't like, it takes a long time to get to that place. Oh, absolutely. Because they don't know, they're afraid that, uh, you know, this is like a, you know, a bazaar in some sort of you know, foreign country where, you, where the price, the first price that they give, you never, you negotiate down <laughs> right. and you end up being 50% of right. where, you know, right. uh, where it needs. And it's not the case here. No. Right. And I, I gotta say, I do have benefit being on starting on one place and then ending up at a service provider and then back at one place. I already kind of know what all the costs sure. should be. Sure. So I kind of have the, the ability to know like, okay, you really shouldn't ask that because you just added another million dollars to the quote. Right. right? And so why would you do that? Uh, but a lot of people don't have that kind of like right. background. Right. I mean, right. I think you being in the position that you're in gives you an advantage to negotiate contracts in a way that most people don't because you've been on both sides of that equation. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you've really just spent time on one side or the other, right. There's always this sort of, and, and in the medical device industry, it's particularly advantageous. That's right. Because the cost structure within that category is different Absolutely. than the cost structure in other categories. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, interesting. So, okay. So let's, let's sort of shift gears sure. and talk a little bit about this decision-making process. So you walked through this early stage, let's just call it a whiteboarding effort that says, okay, this right. is what's core. This is what we should keep. This is what we should outsource. Right. Give us a, a little insight into how you make those determinations, what ends up in what part of that list. And then the moments that you decide to say, okay, get this out of here. Mm-hmm. Talk us through kind of how you've, how you've gone through that, through that process. Um, well, it, it, it's, it's as basic as what you said. It's, it's getting people in the room uh, 
well, actually, let me go even a step back backwards. First, everybody's got to make sure that everybody's aligned on um, the values of the organization, uh, right? So what is it that we're trying to be? We're right? saying that like that's all super easy. It, it, it is <laughs> so not. So, yeah, that is not <laughs> easy. Right. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, and people and words mean the same word means a lot of different things to mm -hmm. a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I actually went through that process twice at Zymedica just to determine Zymedica's values mm -hmm. and et cetera. And we've come up with a couple of sets. I think you and I went through it twice yeah. before that. that exactly, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so when I came to uh, Beta Bionics, I, that's what I saw. People like didn't really needed to understand what the values are, what we're trying to use, mm -hmm. how do we make decisions using those values. Yeah. And then, um, and then what is really the mission for this year? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the mission statement. And then what are the goals for this year and what's the vision uh, five years down the line? And all of those things, um, we did it extremely fast, um, but uh, three or four months, you know, most organizations would call that extremely fast. That's fast. Um, and we got to a point because we said, okay, well, you know what? We need to have alignment. We took key representatives, kept everybody informed as we went along, had, and took information in for people who wanted to contribute so that everybody felt like they were along. And then we had goals for the year that were aligned with the the mission statement itself mm -hmm. and the and then a, and a long-term vision because we could say okay this is a step in the five-year vision right and and so once you have that then you the next step is okay for us to do that and we know that okay we have we can hire as and you have to kind of like frame it in a way that people understand right we can hire about this many people and spend about this much money and um and we know and we have to play a little bit of a pie and say, okay, now R and D, you get this part of, of the pie. Right. Okay. So we know we can do all of this. Now, if we add everything that we want to do internally, it adds up to four X. Right. Of the because the number of people that you're hiring, are, it's going to cost four X what we have. Right. So how does it that we actually do that? And do we really need to be? Uh, how many versions of this like? platform do we need to do is that something that we need to be doing should we be doing social media in, internally exactly. or should we just tell a person a company and pay them quarterly to update certain things right and you can control costs a lot of sure. different ways so once the people understand why you're doing it and you have the foundation of the vision and mission mm -hmm. and um and and values then it, it becomes like you know uh Legos, everything starts snapping together, right. right? And then people start believing. And when people start believing and why they're doing something, then it, everything moves forward. That's interesting. Um, it's and funny. I actually thought, uh, by the way, just one yeah. more thing. I actually thought it was going to take a year to do. Yeah. Um, and I can, I can see why. <laughs> uh, but the organization was filled with people who were absolutely, you know, starving for something like this. Interesting. That, that it became like, it, it, you know, a dry sponge. It just sucked up all the, you know, the energy and... And it, then it reinfused back into the organization. So that's why it was faster. I got to give all the credit to the people wanting it. Yeah. yeah. That, so it's funny because a few months back, I had a long conversation with somebody we both know, Darren Abrams, who's the, mm -hmm. I don't know, corporate head of strategy or something like that at Bose. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things that you just described, mm -hmm. they, are, they are strategy driven decisions. They aren't R&D driven decisions. No. They aren't. Uh, finance-driven decisions. They're strategy-driven decisions. That's correct. And, and I'm not sure I've ever heard it articulated quite 
like that, but it's, it's, it's accurate. It's mm-hmm. like, what's most important to us, right? How can we make what's most important to us better, faster? Right. And then we use the tools that exist within the ecosystem that we operate in to move that along. That's right. That's and, right. and, um, that's a, that's a really interesting way to look at it. That really starts with strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I learned from Darren, so, you know, Darren, don't, uh, you can send me a text afterwards, but, um, uh, you know, in the early, in the early days, uh, and I think my background starting as an engineer and then working with industrial designers and really looking at things very differently and ability to speak engineer, Mm -hmm. speak design, speak, um, program management, speak, you know, marketing, you're like. All of those uh, people say the same words, and they but they the words mean differently. Yeah, you need a translator. Like if if you have a high level strategist come in and just talk about strategy, it it doesn't feel tangible. Yeah, because it's like, well, you're just you know a guy coming in telling me what I should do versus a person who came up through the ranks mm-hmm. helping them guide them through the strategy. So you need that kind of like that white knight or that. Yeah, uh, that advocate within the organization. I mean, that yeah. dot connecting that occurs between s- strategy and then the tangible goods that ultimately the business is trying yeah. to sell, whether those are physical yeah. objects or those yeah. are services or they're yeah. drugs or that doesn't matter, right? Yeah. That ability to live in both worlds yeah. is A, unusual and B, vital yeah. to the success of these organizations. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's so many companies that we work with where <laughs> the strategies over here it's using all the right word salad, but the product is going literally in a diff, like a completely different direction. That's You're sitting in the middle going like, okay, yeah, yeah. somebody has to, somebody has to drive these together. Absolutely. Anyway. Okay. So we could talk about that. That's Forever. a whole separate oh, absolutely. topic. Yeah. Um, so as we, as we get into sort of, okay, so you've, you've gone through this effort, you've created this, this, uh, call it prioritization. Yeah. You've understood what you want to keep, what you want to, what you want to put out. I'm going to say this and it's, it's going to be self-serving because we are a service provider, but Mm -hmm. I believe it wholeheartedly. You need to keep external parties in your mix. Absolutely. Totally agree. And I think that's not just because, I mean, we do that personally, like we have mentors who aren't in our families who we talk to about their ideas for how we can be better uh, engaged in our personal lives. That's right. So, so give us, give us sort of a near view on, from both sides of this equation on, on that value, on that value of, of keeping those people in, in the loop. Oh, I, I think it, it, it's, it's a absolute necessity because it makes your, so there's several reasons, right? Right. One, it takes your, let's say you're a hundred person company. Let's say you're a five person company. It makes your five person company become a hundred person company in an instant. Right. Right. You don't have to go hire HR, five people, five recruiters, and then build your company. Your five person company could be, uh, we were actually saying this at my last company, like hit above your weight class, right? right. Like you could be super lightweight and, but you could have the presence of, a hundred person company mm-hmm. just by having those people in the right way. This, the second, uh, is the, the variety of experience. You can't get that in a person, right? Right. You can get that in a team. And if it's not the right team, there are different companies that you can go to. So you can go from your company 
to the company down the road mm-hmm. just because like, you know what? I work with you or trust you, but this company actually just did this right. like for somebody else. And I like what they did. Right. So now you don't have to, you know, to be beholden to a group. Mm-hmm. Now trust um, goes a long way. So you want to build relationships, sure. long-term relationships. Sure. So you want your core group. But you want to build that outside that. So yeah. I think it's absolute necessity for any organization to be able uh, to do that. Uh, and um, I think lastly, it's how do you get your people to engage and see that? And how do you communicate with that with, with those organizations? And that really comes back to uh, what we were talking about before was trust and alignment of goals. Right. The only reason why people, again, don't want to use outside consultants is the alignment of goals they perceive, whether it's real or not, right? It's the perception is that's the important part, that the consultant is about billable hour or right. the billing of it. And so if I if they make it more complex, they're going to make more money. Right. So was this complexity that they just developed for me or created for me? whether it's a product or a social media, like whatever marketing plan, like right. do we really need to be in Texas right, right now? You know, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not, but should we be, you know, putting this much money into Texas? Are we going to mm-hmm. get like, you know, business from Texas? Right. right? So th- there's those the questions, but that comes back down to the communication back and yeah. forth. What is important to the organization? Right. And making sure that you have those dialogues and the alignment of what is truly important. So you have to say, as a buyer, you have to say what is it truly important to you. Yeah. And if they're not hearing you, then you got to go. Yeah. And it's yeah. interesting in your in your experience with the med in, in in sort of the med tech space. In our experience, in sort of the, I'll call it generalized technology and R and D and strategy space. Right. There are significant unknowns at the beginning of every single ask from a customer. Every time. Absolutely. And so the, the idea of trust is really what dictates how those relationships evolve over time. Because I told you this at the beginning, like we don't, we don't do hourly projects. Yes. I find them to be a great way to piss everybody off. (laughs) So, so, so we don't do, we don't do, we do project based, um, uh, billings or, or, or budgeting. And, and, um, you must have to break it down into knowns. Yeah. You use an hourly rate to define a budget, but you're not actually billing by the hour. You're trying to hit a target for a budget. Right. And that trust takes a period of time to build. And then the idea that you're not, uh, that when something changes, you have a dialogue and that dialogue is how you then build that alignment over time. And, and I feel like in the medical space, that's a that's a hard place. That's a hard hard arena. Oh, to define a budget. Oh, absolutely. It is absolutely. But you know what? It, that's why ranges are important. Yeah. Uh, and and assumptions on what we think those ranges are. And a lot of people, uh, uh, especially technical engineers, right? Like to, it, I'm one, so I can say that, right? So <laughs> uh, um, uh, have a hard time. Uh, putting those ranges in place because what if I'm wrong, right? Right. Engineers never not like to be wrong, right? They right. want to be right and succeed, right? Uh, and no, I guess that's most all, 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 all most yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, so they have tough time with ranges and they have a tough time with quantification, right? Like it, if you were to 
give the ranges and then say, okay, these are the moments in time where we're going to make, and your decision will have, will imply whether or not we go to the, the larger side of the range or the lower side of the yeah. range. This is where people don't realize uh, and communicate that effectively yeah. unless you're a really good organization and right. have really good folks. The decision that you made just now is high complex, high cost, mm-hmm. uh, but could be a very high value. Right. So, or it could be high complex, high cost, low value, right? right? So you need that four box kind of like with uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. says, okay, is it high value, high cost, low value, high cost? Right. Uh, high value, low cost. Right. Well, everybody wants to be in the Let's be in that lower left corner. Exactly, all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right, and, and and you have to say why. And yeah. I don't think enough of the organizations do that along the way with the major decisions. Yeah. Right? And I think, um, and understand the implications to that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's 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 how you build that trust along the way. Yeah. You have to make that commitment. That's great. Okay. Well, this is super helpful, super informative. As I said, like you and I have known each other forever. I don't think we've ever had a 45 minute completely focused conversation about this topic, despite the fact that we sat next to each other for 10 years doing it. Well, it's, it's definitely a different perspective now that I've gone, you know, from Zymedica to beta bionics, and now I'm going on my own for now, uh, to, and helping organizations succeed in this way, which is how uh, maybe I'm more of a Sherpa now, right. To, uh, with a, you know, uh, with a C-suite kind of mentality, right of how organizations can succeed, whether you want to be a five person organization, which that's low cost, high value, right? right. Or high value, yeah. high cost with a, a number of people. Either way, you're going to need support. Yeah. Uh, and, and how you do that, um, th- that's, you need those foundational elements and a person who's yeah. done it before. Right? Yeah. So yeah, hopefully I can provide some value there. I'm, I'm, I'm 2000% sure that you, that you will. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. You got it. Yeah.